Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the one where every week we get into our fearless beer review, we get into our vinyl stuffs, we get into our songs of the week, and we finish it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And thank you to everyone who listens and follows us because that's awesome. So um, let's just get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got, Jeff? Go. I got this beer called Salted Caramel Stout. It's okay. from it's from Breakside Brewery, 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 Brewery. up in uh, up in Portland, Oregon. So you know that's cool. But we we bought two of these and and. and Friend of the pod slash roommate Sloan drank one and it was a drain pour for him. So I'm a little nervous about this. It's got, you know, high threes on untapped, 3.75 for your friend, 3.78 out of 25,000 mm-hmm. check-ins. Okay. okay. But um, yeah, this is a a salted caramel stout and it's it's brewed with like ice cream from a local ice cream spot somewhere over there called Salt and Straw Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm very very interested in that, and that's kind of like why I bought it. So I can't imagine this being bad. I really can't. I'm like reading a lot of the uh, I'm reading stuff about this, and I just, there's a lot of caramel. You say caramel or caramel? I say caramel. I say caramel too because it makes me sound pretentious. Caramel. <laughs> I say <laughs> caramel. Really I sound like a like a Doug. Like, caramel. Sound like a hick. Yeah. Yeah. So you know a lot of caramel in there, um, and it just sounds really good. It's it's seven point two. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for this, but I'm also very terrified because if it sucks, then that's gonna be a waste of 4.95. True. I can't believe Sloan didn't like it, and it was a drain pour for him. Yeah, he likes everything. It was, it was a drain that's pour weird. for him, and he rated it a 3.25 out of five. <laughs> yep. So there's, uh, you know, there, there goes his rating system. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was even like proud of himself. This is so uh, gross. I'm gonna give it a three point two five. What? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, what a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I got. It's got it's, it's, it comes in a little twenty two ounce can, so you know. Okay. Cool, cool. You know. Uh so I got this. What what I have is a it's an IPA, you know. Who would have guessed? But this one is special. It's different because oh, yeah. it's We're an imported special. it's an imported IPA from Japan. Ooh. Uh, I picked this up from th- there's a there's a store here right near where I live called Tokyo Central, and it's all Japanese food, candy foods, beer sodas, everything is Japanese there. It's a really cool place. So I went there yesterday and I just picked this up. Just picked up one can of it, and yeah, it's called um, Flying IPA, and the label's really cool. It has has a dragon, like a big huge dragon holding a beer. Uh, the the brewery is called Echigo, E C H I G O. And yeah, it's called Flying IPA. Um, I looked it up. The brewery is 
actually a brewery in Japan. And the whole website is in Japanese. Well, pretty much all in Japanese. But it says that it's uh, Japan's first microbrewery, uh, Echigo Beer Company Limited. And uh, actually, when you go on the website, it says, let's be romantic, act on stage. That's what, what? it says. I don't know. It has a lineup of like five different beers. And then below it, it says, let's be romantic, act on stage. And then below that are some pictures of like a woman singing, a guy playing piano, a guy playing sax, a girl dancing. It's super weird. I mean, it's obviously everything is lost in translation here, but yeah. So I, I picked up this beer mainly because the label and I've never heard of a, a Japanese IPA. So it's 5.5 ABV. And uh, it pours like a like a good looking IPA. It, it looks nice, and Ooh. it smells nice. It does smell nice. So mine, mine doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let, let let's let's uh, tink this right now. Well, I'm still pouring it right now. Oh, you're still pouring. Oh my yeah. god! Dude, well, what do you want me to do? At least I, like fucking five seconds until I smell oh it. Oh my god! I normally normally you pour while I'm talking because I'm listening talking. to you. Do you want me to do other things and not listen, or do you want me to just listen? Normally and not you do. do. Normally you do other things instead of listening. How do you? That's do? how you do. That's how, that's what you do. I'm ready that's to tink, baby. Do. I'm ready to. Okay, tink. Here we go. Huh. Huh. Okay. What do you think of uh, of your stout? I don't know. I don't taste anything but cigarette butts. <laughs> I don't. Not bad, the, huh? It's not. It's not bad. It's just. I'm not. I'm not getting any salt. I'm getting zero caramel, and I, I don't. I don't taste any fucking ice cream. Huh. Just. And I, and now I think about cream. it. I mean, that's a generic term. You can't just throw. I, oh, we're putting ice cream. Like, what kind of ice cream are you putting in there? Vanilla, chocolate, <laughs> Rocky true. Road. Like, I just got duped as I was reading it. <laughs> you you just accepted the the advertising and the marketing yeah. without actually thinking about it. This is thin. <clears throat> I don't I don't taste anything here. Like, it's not it's not gross. I mean, it's not a drain pour. But I mean, this is man. This, this is this is. I'm gonna read it right now. This is below a one because one would be something that you should try once. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want anybody to try this. Not that it's bad. It's just it's. There's ugh. no point. No point. In yeah. Like, why the fuck would I? This is wow. This is so disappointing. <laughs> that sucks. That really sucks. This is really disappointing. The, the the can looks really cool too. There's an ice cream cone on the can, but no ice cream taste. Wow. No, I taste no ice cream. Not that I eat a lot of ice cream, but. I definitely know. What I, I've, eat, I've like. eaten my fair share of ice cream in my day. So, True. I mean, who hasn't? Okay. So you had a terrible beer. Wow. Um, my, uh, my, my flying IPA. This one's, this one's pretty good. It, um, normally, IPAs, they have like a, a lingering taste, like the lingering malt taste or, or hop taste. But this one has no aftertaste, almost to the point where it's very strange. It tastes good. Like the initial taste, everything's good. It smells nice, but it's just so weird. There's no aftertaste. You you just taste the hops, and once you swallow it, done. The, the taste is gone. It's very weird, but it's good. It's definitely good. Do you do you like that little linger afterwards? No, I don't really. Huh. Because some, some IPAs just linger way too long, and it's just it's kind of it gets kind of gross after a while. But no, this is very unusual. That's good though. Good carbonate, good amount of carbonation. I like it. I do like it. So, 
we do have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So you rated yours a sub one, correct? 1.9, Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not gross. It's not a drain pour. I'm not gagging. It's just, it just it almost tastes like 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 a I can't even say like, like like a blueprint of something else. Like this is the stout they started with before they added flavor to it. That's what this tastes like. Interesting. Okay, very very weird. <clears throat> okay, you gave it a one point nine nine. I'm gonna just have to give mine a solid two. I would I would go back to this. I mean, I'd buy a six pack of it if it was if it was decently priced and it's enjoyable. It's refreshing. It's like I said, it doesn't linger. It's not syrupy at all. I like this. It's good. So solid two. Solid two for me for this flying IPA. Japan's first microbrewery. So that's pretty cool. Japanese IPA. Who would have thought? <laughs> so good. All right. So we're done with our fearless beer review. Uh, let's just get into uh, the vinyl stuff. Uh, stuff we picked up or I'm, I know you want to talk about the record show that you went to and, and sold some stuff at. So let's just let's start with that and then we'll get into what we picked up and listened to. So go. Okay, so I, if people don't know by now, I, I really try and buy cheap records and then I sell those records to supplement like my collecting. So I have, I have, I've accumulated quite a bit of records. I haven't spent that much money on it because I do this. and So it, for whatever that's worth. But I, I, before this record show, I, I, I would always go to a certain record store owner and he, would, he finally was like, dude, you bring me a lot of records. Why don't you just, I'm, I'm doing this record show. Do you want a table? And I was like the first person he asked because he knows I have a lot of stuff that I wanted to sell, but I've never just brought it in because I was too scared. Like I have a bunch of Ramones, like first pressing oh, Ramones. What was that? Sorry. Sorry. Something with my phone went off. <laughs> what was Sorry. that? I don't know. It was just like a random video. That was weird. Know. Like an ad, like an ad came up. I thought that was Tammy. <laughs> oh, no. It was, like a, it was like an ad that came up. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, so, so he's like, why don't you just why don't you just get a, a table? And so I was like, okay. And then after that, I, I just started buying kind of like a bunch of collections and pulling stuff out that I want. And then the rest, I would I, I thought I was going to sell at the record store or the record show. And I was pricing everything mm-hmm. on Discogs or everything via Discog standards, but twenty percent below. So if Discogs says this version of Fleetwood Mac is ten bucks, I'm putting that seven because I wanted to just move product. Right? I wanted to get rid of it. I thought. My stuff is below than everybody else. It's going to sell. And the record show comes, and that's not the case. And I don't understand. And, like, the, the jazz, the, the Queen's jazz that you kept, that same one, yeah. another guy was selling for, like, $38. And it was even worse condition. Like, your condition's way better than his. And he was selling for $38. And I was going to listen at 20 And yeah. so it's just, I, I don't understand. I, I think I think what this what this record show was for are people who have established collections and are only there to pick out three or four records to add to their already established collections. I don't think it was, it was for people who are building stuff because dude, I had like every Moody blues album priced at like $3, which I don't like the Moody blues. You don't like the Moody blues, but for $3 for a nice clean copy of the Moody blues is not a bad thing. And then I also had it, you know, the buy three, get one free. So really you're like, they're like $2.25 each. And then it got to the point where I was just trying to like give shit away. I was like, you know what? You buy 10 of them, I'll give you 10 free. And then still, people <laughs> wouldn't do it. Still nothing. And then some guy, I had, I had like, 
I think I I was trying to sell like seven Santana records, and they're all three dollars, of course. And he bought yeah. three of them. Maybe there were okay. Maybe there was eight Santana records, and he bought three of them. And I was like, okay. dude, if you just buy one more, I'll give you the other four for free. And he's like, nah, nah, I'm good. What the fuck? I'm telling you, man. This was bizarre. <laughs> this was so bizarre, this record store. Even like the guy that was selling next to me, because he was a cool dude. I met him before. And he was like, dude, I cannot believe nobody is, is like fighting over your booth. And then all the Ramon stuff that I had. I mean, dude, I had, I had a promo that I thought was worth like 20 bucks. It's a Ramon's promo. It's not even on Discogs. It's completely separate. It's, it's an original mm. promo of Leave Home. It has a, a song on it that's not on their other album because they were forced to take it off. And it's just something that, that's, that's so unique that most people never even seen it before. And people are picking it up. And then, they're, of course, they're discogging it in front of me, which is fine. I don't care. And then they're, they're eBaying. Mm. And they said, you know, this goes for 30 bucks. And I explained it like four times. Like, no, that's, that's not the right one. That's a different one you're looking at. That's not this one. And then I'd you know explain to them why it's different, how it's different, and then even then they're like, well, you know, could you do like forty? I was like, come on, man, dude, like, <laughs> killing me. <laughs> and then before we even opened, some guy comes over. Before we even opened, some guy comes over, and he was a he was a, he was a vendor. He comes over and he buys like one hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff, and he's like, can you do like a hundred? Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, we're not even open yet. Like, no. <laughs> Like, come on, man. My stuff's already <laughs> underpriced. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. And then what really pissed me off, what I noticed are is uh, one of the guys that, that does uh, the InGroove, that's the record store up in Phoenix, he, he deals in, like, nothing but, like, high-end stuff. Like, really, like, expensive MoFi mm-hmm. stuff. Really, really nice stuff. And he was there. He had, a, he had one table, and he owns a really successful record store. He had one table, and he sold nothing but 45s. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I was kind of like, Jesus, that's weird. Like, why is he only selling 45s? And then I realized that he's only selling 45s just so he can get there early and buy everybody else's stuff that he knows we underpriced and then resell it on his, at his own store wow. for triple the price. This guy's a dick. And I know he was doing that. And he was wow, the guy that was doing the fucking... live stream. That was that guy. Yeah, that guy. And, Fuck that guy. And then you notice the live stream, he focused really on like two vendors instead of like everybody else. Yeah, you're right. Dude, that I was shysty. That they, is shysty. But he wasn't the only one. There's another guy out here. Like I do I got to know all these players. Like I, I know I know I know the the all these <laughs> unscrupulous underbelly of the vinyl world in in, in the Phoenix area now. And I I just cannot believe the greediness and <laughs> Like I, I can respect the hustle, but I, I think being just straight out greedy yeah. and deceitful is horrible. And there's at least three guys there that I, I won't even do business with no more. And I've bought from one guy named Glenn. I don't even care because he's a butthole. One guy named Glenn. No, just shout him out. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, he owns this thing called Planetary Sounds. That guy's a butt, dude. He's he's so he's a shark. And I've dealt <laughs> with him before. I've showed up to records like meets with him. And I kind of know him and he, mm. he kind of puts on this facade. That he's a nice guy, but he's a shark, man. He's a shark. And he's the one that was trying to sell the black flag to me for 55. And it was, uh, he wrote that it was a 1984 pressing or no, it was a 1981. Mm. What did that, that came out way one, right? Yeah. 81 pressing. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was 1984 pressing, but he read wrote written like 81 pressing 
and 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 I don't know, just because I just looked it up when we were doing the pod episode, looking at prices, and I noticed the color of the label did not match what he was saying. And I was like, "Are you sure this is like eighty-one pressing?" And he's like, "No, let me see, <laughs> let me look at it together." And then and then they, it, it, it just so happened that we just did the episode prior, so I'm spouting off all these facts, you know, like, "Oh, did you know Black Flag this this this?" Burp, 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 burp. So he thought I was like a super fan, <laughs> and I knew, knew what I was talking about. So he gave it to me eventually for forty bucks, which is which is nice. But then I just traded him some product anyway, so it ended up being like nothing. But it's just, yeah, man, it was it was it was <laughs> rough. So shasty, dude. But like nobody at this record store. Like I went there with my personal money of three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna just drop three hundred bucks. I know I'm gonna find a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna drop three hundred bucks, and mm-hmm. I only bought five albums, and that. That really sucked, and they were all like retail. Yeah, that's that's such a that's such a bummer. Like this one dude. Like was, I, I mean, when you were texting me throughout the day, I just, I couldn't believe what was happening. We had such high expectations. I, I dude, I thought, man, I I thought people were going to be fighting over this because everything I had is is less than everybody else. Like, dude, somebody, mm-hmm. I, I I don't even know what it was. I really don't know what it was, man. Like somebody, I saw somebody in their hand. They had a copy <laughs> did, of of grease that they bought for $10. And I was like, dude, I'm selling that same soundtrack in the same condition for $4. Like, I don't understand why. I don't understand how that happened. I, I just don't, I don't get it. I was truly, I was truly blown like, away. Were, were people, were a lot of people perusing through your stuff? Yeah. I mean, the table's only six foot. up or? You know, the table's only six foot. There's only mm-hmm. so many boxes I can put on top. And so they were definitely looking, but I mean, they're, I don't know, man. I I just I don't know. I don't know what they were looking for. I don't know. <laughs> that's that that boggles my mind. I, I fuck. That's that's why I was so scared I, about I don't, selling the rest of the lot. I was like, I'm not gonna make my fucking. I'm gonna lose nine hundred dollars. So I mean, luckily I yeah. barely. I mean, luckily you know. I, I say I made fifty dollars profit, but I did buy some supplies. You know, the stickers. That's not much money. I bought a couple sharpies. I bought yeah. extra sleeves. So I didn't make a lot of profit. Barely anything. But I did. All the all five records that I bought at the record store, I are at the record show. I did get those for free, you know, because I just kind of traded. Yeah. So I say I to make a profit, yeah. but I did. I did get a bunch. Of, I mean, I got a lot of records for free. So that's really what this was about, anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't spend wow. any money, and I got a fuck I a bunch of records for free. So I'm happy. But I'll tell you, man, I would never, ever, ever do a record show like this again. Yeah, that was that. Was, I I, was, I couldn't believe it because there were some screaming deals. And there was a lot of shit in there too that, you know, our popular artists like this. Uh, there was a ton of Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, they're popular, right? I mean, people like them. Cat Stevens is another one that I'm like. Three months, like you man. said, Moody Blues. Yeah, yeah it's and they're so cheap. Like you go to any record store, at least around here, like Cat Stevens and Simon and Garfunkel, those are going for nine to twenty dollars. <laughs> so and and the stuff that we had was in good condition. Yeah. Cause they were because they were well taken care of. Yeah. So I, dude, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense to dude, me. Dude, and then some guy, some guy, the cojones, and I, I was selling a Surfer Girl by the Beach Boys, an original pressing, like like straight from like the sixties, mm-hmm. but it had like a ding in it on one. So one track, it has like a big old ding. Like clearly, it's 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 gonna skip. It's going to yeah. do something. But it's only for four dollars, and it's an original. And it was in like mint condition. The jacket. Otherwise, besides that little ding, it was in like mint condition. And he pulls it out. Yeah. Dude, I swear. He pulls it out. And he says, uh, you probably don't want to sell this. And like ejects his hand towards me. 
and like tries to give me the record. And I was like, what, what do you want me to do with this? He's like, you don't want to sell this. I said, why not? So he's got a, it's got a scratch in it. I'm like, yeah, that's why it's $4. I said, I said, I mean, that's not an expensive record on its own, but I mean, I have another one in it's in mint condition. If you want it, it's 15 and that even that's kind of underpriced. I said, but that one's, you know, that's $4 because it's got a little ding in it. I said, but the jacket's perfect. He's like, well, you shouldn't be selling things that are scratched. I'm like, dude, it's $4. You should be looking at them anyway. It, but it's $4. So all but one song is going to be played pristine, perfectly. Get out of here. <laughs> what a piece of shit. I know. Fucking elitist, elitist piece of shit. Fuck that guy. See, I... I had the benefit of I don't I don't have a store, so I don't have to be nice to people, and so I I, I wasn't like yeah you don't ass. have a reputation yeah, yeah people were, you're like you take yeah. like no I'm like well why not said, because I don't want to so fuck them I don't care <laughs> how did uh, how did Desi do I I haven't seen them yet but and then to be honest too I I didn't get to walk around really well until like hours later. So a lot of stuff was gone. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, towards like the very end when it slowed down a lot, I walked around again to see what was left over. And everybody, their mm -hmm. boxes were, were still 70, 75% full. So I don't, man, I don't know. I, I, I imagine this record show being people are going there to buy minimum like 20 records and then go home with 20 records. Yeah. But I also didn't realize that everybody is going to be selling at like normal prices. Because I, I, like, why would you sell retail stuff for retail so this one other guy was selling comet by the bouncing souls and uh -huh. simplicity by the bouncing souls uh for 20 bucks each they were sealed but what? they were 20 bucks and i was like dude you can like i can buy them on amazon for 20 bucks so i asked him i was like we take like we take 30 for both of them because i just bought the jfa mm -hmm. from him which i'll talk about in a little bit but i just bought the jfa from him and i was like well you take 30 for for both of these and he knew i was a vendor like, he knew that i just bought the jfa he's like no nah, they're sealed I was like, all right, man, like, I don't be a dick or nothing, but like, you can buy these on Amazon for the same price, and I, I get free shipping. He's like, then buy them on Amazon. <laughs> so, okay. Dude, what a fucking... Oh, that's so annoying. So, I mean, late. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, dude. I just... Uh. It was rough. <laughs> like, I know, I, 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 I didn't even lowball the guy. Like, I already bought something that I thought was kind of overpriced, and I already bought something from him, and I just, yeah. like, $10 off? Like, he could have came back, who oh, well, 35 and I would have done it. But it was just like, nah. Mm -hmm. Nah, I'm firm. And it's like, dude, I, literally up, the no, same yeah. fucking price online. Fucking guy, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying. It was it was oh, pretty I brutal, so dude. I was, very, I was very surprised, and I feel like I was the only person there that was, like, having a great time and, 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 like, smiling and laughing. Like, everybody else was just... I mean, probably because everybody else has a store and they're there to make yeah. money, not joke it's around. It's their livelihood. Yeah. yeah. So I was just there to kind of like goof off and joke around. But I don't know, dude. The whole vibe was just very down. But like the highlight, the highlight of the entire show was this dude. And he he didn't buy like nothing from the show because he said everything's really expensive. But he's flipping through and he saw Mad Villainy, MF Doom, the one that, that Stone's Throw just re-released. Mm -hmm. And I was selling for 40 and he pulls it out and like, like loudly goes, "Holy shit!" And I was like, "Oh damn, dude! Like, what you got?" And he showed me, he's like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Oh yeah." And he's here, pulls it, just pulls out like forty bucks, gives it to me, and walks away, and then leaves, leaves like leaves the entire event, just fucking takes off. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> like, what That's the so hell? Rad. And his buddy was there. He's like, "Yeah, dude, he's been like dying for anything MF Doom stuff." I was like, "Well, there's some <laughs> other stuff in there." 
And that kid, that, that his buddy was really cool, so he was trying to buy like a lot of the uh, the instrumental MF Doom stuff that was sealed, and I was asking like 75, 80 bucks for it. But yeah. like his friend was cool, and he was cool, and he was fun to talk to, and like I gave him like almost like half off. I was like, dude, like how much money you got? Like how much money can you spend? He's like, I can only spend like one fifty. He's buying a bunch of other stuff. Should have been mm. like two thirty, but yeah, I was like, just take it, man. I don't even care. Just take it. You were just cool. fed up. Yeah, dude, it was already like late, and I was like, "Just take it." Wow, what a shit show, man! What a shit show! But that—that that is cool. That—that that is super rad. That you made somebody's day, you know. So it was—it <sighs> wasn't a complete loss, but I w- I'll never do that again. Yeah, and and no money. Yeah, no money was lost. So that's a that's a good a good plus, a good positive here. Yeah. So when I so I'll move into my my albums that I that I picked up and. All right. I'll, I'll let you know cool, if they cool. were free or not. <laughs> of course, of course. So, so the fucking JFA. You, so you the, get mad at me about the magma thing earlier, and then you fucking preface this entire segment with that. It's fucking gay. I mean, like to be fair, like I, I did. I mean, if I think I got about forty-five to fifty records for free total from just things I've been pulling out, and then including the things that we've pulled out together, you know. Like yeah, the, yeah. the the lots we bought together, including that stuff. There's about 45 or 50 records that I got for free. So whatever that's worth, <laughs> I mean, that could be hundreds. I don't think it's worth more than like $400. So still, uh, I mean, that that's a, it's a lot of shit for so little for free. Yeah. But I mean, I also, it wasn't like, a, this wasn't like a lot of work, but it was, it was, it was a pretty good amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't get, don't All get right. too jelly. Don't get too I'm jelly. Not, I'm not, don't get too I'm jelly. Not. Okay, um, what do you got? So the first one, the first one I've been looking for, and uh, I finally got something by them. But JFA, uh, local local punk band, local punk outfit out here in Arizona, I got one of their early EPs, uh, Mad Gardens, just four mm-hmm. songs. He wanted thirty five for it. It was just it's just four songs. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he he gave it to me a little bit cheaper because he had just bought stuff for me, so I got it for like twenty five. But you but know, for four he, songs for four. And songs. they're short songs, right? Yeah, I mean, it's played at 45 RPM, but yeah. even though you can see the etchings and it's still only half full on the, on the, on the runouts or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's cool, man. They, they, it's four songs, like I said. They do a Charlie Brown song, too, like that. Oh, yeah, it's a rad song. And they do that, but like they punk it up and add some surf vibes to it. And that's what this, that's what this band is known for, just doing a lot of covers, kind of like surfing up a lot of their songs. It's funny because before we did Black Flag, I liked this band so much because they are just like straightforward punk, but they incorporate a lot of surf into their music. Mm-hmm. And we did black flag. And I was like, Oh damn, that's, that's funny. Cause JFA came out. The first EP was in 1981. It's a little bit after black flag, but like, I like that sound to it. And black flag was, was fun when we did that one too last week. So yeah. this like, like JFA is just a really cool band and it's cool too. Cause JFA's first show that they ever played was, was over here in the Phoenix area opening for black flag. Oh wow, that's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Like in nineteen eighty <laughs> or nineteen eighty one, their first their first show was opening for Black Flag. That's so awesome. What a time to be alive, man. Oh, I know. Especially, dude, can you imagine being in that scene in Arizona? It must have been like dead. Of course. Like, like yeah. There's a hundred people in the entire state of Arizona probably followed this this genre of music. I know. <laughs> when, when, when in Southern California that scene's like thriving. But yeah, in Phoenix probably nothing. It's uh, it's 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 cool too because I didn't know until I was looking into it more this week. But the singer of, of JFA, pretty good skater, and okay. 
and good enough to be on the cover of Thrasher magazine mm -hmm. two times. And impressive. Even even better is he ended up being like a writer and contributor to Thrasher and working for Thrasher in its heyday in like the nineties. And mm -hmm. JFA was also in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four. There's a track in there. Were they? Oh, I didn't play the fourth one. I never played the fourth one either. But that's that's I don't know. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. funny. Yeah. But yeah, they. I, um, I I never heard of them until you brought them up, or maybe I had, but I I don't remember. You've you've so. heard of them in the song, Eben by Sublime. There's okay. a yeah. There's a part in in, in Eben where he mentioned JFA, and I remember for the okay. longest time I was like, "What the fuck is JFA?" And I finally looked it up, and then I, that, that's when I that, I mean I never like got into JFA until we started mm -hmm. collecting, but I've always known yeah. who they were and what they sounded like, but I never knew there was like surf influence to them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty rad. That's what I like. All right, cool, cool. Yeah. So, so uh, what else you got? Speaking of Black Flag, I picked up Damage because. Course. you know it's it's good <laughs> and it's, no it's, I, I love that it's, record it's fun we we just talked about it so i don't want to get too into it you can listen to the last episode if you want to if you want to have an in-depth listen onto what mm -hmm. what damage is all about but um do it yeah this is a 1984 pressing dude it's <laughs> super clean sounds fantastic and minute rips dude it's so good <laughs> i just mm -hmm. it's like listening to JFA and then writing to Black Flag, like I'm 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 all in now. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> all into hardcore punk. The, they just gotta a, get like Gorilla Biscuits and Agnostic Front and shit. Like I, that. I was looking for more. I was looking for like just, like anything I was trying to get my hands on from like like the eighties. But yeah. it, it was just few and far in between. There were, he had he had a couple other Black Flag um EPs which looked like almost like originals because they were kinda like they weren't beat up, but you can tell like they've, they're just worn. Like they're probably paper yeah. thin. Like people just been holding them, but you want like 70 bucks. Oh, fuck that. I was like, come fuck on, bro. That. Come on. <laughs> no. I did see, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up this week if it's still there, but I'm sure it will be, um, from radiation records here in Fullerton. They have a uh, annihilate this week for like 20 bucks. So Ooh. I'm probably going to go pick that up. So they got two haven't, of them? Been, haven't had it. I mean, if they have two, I'll pick one up for you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I was actually because I was looking for either Family Man or Damaged, but none of the I, I called a couple of record stores around here, and none of them had those. But then the Radiation website had uh, had uh, the process of weeding out, so I'm gonna pick that one up. But sorry, continue. Oh, hey, that's okay. Yeah, no, I'm done with that. I'm done with the hardcore punk stuff. So let's uh, let's move on to some stuff that you will be biscuits that, that you'll be disappointed in. I bought Jane's Addiction. <sighs> Why would I be disappointed in that? Because I bought uh, Jane's Addiction. You didn't like Jane's Addiction. I mean, they had some good stuff. <laughs> they weren't bad. They weren't bad. They weren't terrible. I, I bought uh, I bought Jane's Addiction. From, um, it was from a vendor that was actually sitting next to me. And they're opening a record store. Oh, dude, I can go on about these people. And I just don't understand why they did what they did. But they, they, they show up <laughs> to the record store. And they're only, they're only selling like really like 60% like of their inventory is just new stuff. Full, like retail I new stuff. I don't get that. And uh, then, and then towards the end, I was like, dude, do you guys want to buy my collection for like two grand? This was before I sold all my Ramones and this was before I sold them the, uh, the other MF doom stuff that I had. Yeah. And so I was like, do you want to just buy it for like two grand? Like, cause you're opening a record store in November. You, mm -hmm. I mean, dude, I have 1400 records here and yeah, you know, like not every record store wants to buy sticks from me, but you don't have any sticks yet. So you need, yeah. 
like it's somebody, great filler stuff. You, you got to have it. You can't. Uh, so, but the, anyway, they said no. I was like, I'll work with you, dude. I need to make X amount of dollars to break even. So I went as low as like sixteen hundred because that's at that time that's what I needed to break even. And they were mm-hmm. still like, nah, we don't have any room for it. I was like, you can store it at my house. Like, dude, I was trying so hard to not take these home. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, no. And then I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking my mind, of course. That, that's what I do of most of my thinking. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, dude, hopefully. you are so, like, what are you doing? Dude, you are <laughs> opening a record store with no records. Like, what are you no thinking? Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. So whatever, but but they're selling uh, Jane's Addiction, the the ritual of Delo habitual. It was a 25th anniversary, the silver anniversary, and it was live mm. at at Irvine Meadows, and like I, I was interested, man. Like I was super interested, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to hold out for the studio version, but I liked a lot of the live stuff they did prior to even like their first album, that that live album that they put out. That was yeah. really cool. And then, like, the last side of this is four tracks, and it, you know, it includes Jane Says, and like three other singles from albums that were not ritual day low habitual but mm-hmm. i bought it you know whatever it was like 50 bucks and i just kind of traded them some stuff and it worked out and it's on this cool like blue and purple splatter looks great fucking sounds fantastic but <laughs> but like it you know like for that that price point you know a lot of work was put into the production oh but, yeah but damn dude it's, it's good it sounds really good and he's not as annoying dude like you would you you could probably digest this a lot more than you could the actual album because he is not nearly as annoying as he is he's on so, album. Perry Farrell is so pretentious. He is so he's, aggravating. It's not. It is not that bad on this album. Granted, it's twenty five years later, but he is definitely not as bad as he was on the album. But he's everybody probably, else, is, he probably sings lower too. I'm sure, so it's less annoying. He sings lower and like he never goes to the high registers. Yeah, you know, like they'll they'll change up the song and go lower. Mm-hmm. And instead of like drawing out notes, he'll like just cut them short. But everybody okay. else is super tight. Everything else sounds fantastic. Everybody else is just killing it. And he is just not as annoying. But um, <laughs> this is great, man. I was I was so happy with this. I listened to this twice already this week. This is fantastic. Look at you. Holy shit. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I almost bought a live Metallica record yesterday. Did you? Like I was, I was, because it's a really good live record. It's really good. And it, Glasshouse put it up on their website last night, and I was like, okay, I'll pay, I'll pay forty, I'll pay thirty-five for it because it's going, it's going for about that much, you know, on Discogs. I'll do thirty-five, but then they were post, posted it up for fifty bucks, and I just I couldn't pull the trigger. And then, and then a few hours after they put it up, it sold out. But damn, I, I'm kind of regretting it now because it's a three LP. It's three LPs. Three LPs are fifty bucks. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It was it was the soundtrack to the movie they put out like four years ago. But it has like, I mean, the the set list outside of like a few songs from Black Album and Load and Reload, like it's a solid set list and it's really good. It is it is a really good uh, live performance from them. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of kicking myself for not picking it up because it is a solid live record. Well, kick away because you, you're not going to get it there again. Yeah, I know. Who knows? <laughs> they might have it next time I go. Might have another copy. Anyway, okay. What else? You got? Yeah. Another thing I got. Um, there, there is very, very, very little reggae there. Almost no hip hop in this entire. I had, I had more hip hop than anybody else. I only had like fifteen albums. So there's very <laughs> little reggae, and that's I, I, I was going there because I wanted to buy at least like three or four albums of just random reggae. So I ended up yeah. buying this one called Doctor Ali Montado. Ali Montado. I don't okay. Know. 
Probably not Mexican. I said that in like a Mexican Probably accent. Not, yeah, you, you did. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Jamaican, successful in the 70s. This is like his sixth or seventh album from 1981. But um, I guess I, just looking into him more, I guess like Johnny Rotten was a really big fan of his and he would like yeah. mention his songs, mention his name. So that's kind of interesting. And then The Clash are really big fans of, of this guy as well, which makes more sense for The Clash. I mean, The Clash have yeah, done they had some a lot reggae of... sounding stuff. Yeah. But dude, this is really good, man. Like we're talking like deep, deep bass lines that that border like in like the dub territory. And Ooh, I love that. Like a lot of his stuff is just like that toasting style, that 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 chanting, that that talking sort mm-hmm. of like early kind of like hip hop kind of even. And it's just it's it's just really good. And and I picked it up because it, there wasn't much there. There wasn't much there. This is this is this is essentially like a classic rock um record show that's lame like most record stores unfortunately yeah 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 that's that sucks yeah that was oh, uh, uh, another thing <laughs> i picked up that's kind of reggae but i picked up bradley nolan friends okay awesome yeah All right. bradley nolan friends it was 25 dollars. that's not that's, bad that's, that's not just bad that. well that's just about retail so true true i think like retail's like it's like 28.99 or something like that so but then, yeah, obviously I traded, so I got this one for kind of free too. But yeah, yeah I um, I, I I picked this one up. This is this is an acoustic album, but it's also like a compilation, a best of. But what what I really like about this one is there's some songs here that that you can't really find, like Little District. It's not really anywhere. And then I like the way he sings it, but I don't I don't like like the way he sings it. So, but you can clearly <laughs> tell that he's like. He's like strung out or drunk or he's, he forgets mm-hmm. lines. He says things differently. There's a lot of times where, where you, you, you think like, oh, that's a really cool part. But then uh, you feel kind of bad knowing like the end result of, 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 of that. So it's, it's really good. It sounds fantastic, um, but it is, it is kind of sad. But it, I mean, it, wait, is it the same, the same Bradley Nolan friends that we all know? Yeah. Or is it's, it like a different? No, it's the same one. one on on okay. this. When it came out on CD, it was it was it was famous, I guess, for not having like any kind of cover. So like the yeah, part of the CD remember, was, that's what was I blank. Had. Yeah. yeah, and you could just see like the scribbling on on like a CDR, but the vinyl version has like an actual picture on the front. Okay, okay. but it's good, man. Like it's it's good. It's 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 great stuff. It's probably the last thing besides any of the EPs that I will buy of Sublime. I'm I mean, not gonna buy any of their live stuff. Yeah, I mean, you really don't need anything else besides the the three records and then that live record. That's all you need. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that good was stuff. cool. Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's good. And then um, and this is the last one that I bought. So one, two, three, four. I actually bought six at the record show. Actually, this is one that I bought at the very end. I thought it would sell, but what the fuck do I know? But it was the weaker thans. <laughs> their their second album, Left and Leaving. This little. Was little pop punk slash indie band from Winnipeg, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this came out in the year two thousand. Um, people probably recognize their their song called "Aside." It's it's in the end credits of Wedding Crashers. And oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is this album, and and dude, like <laughs> Canadians are so proud of, so very proud of this album, and rightfully so. Because I mean, just if you, I don't know who would ever Google this, but if you Google like best Canadian albums of all time. This is this <laughs> album is in a lot of those. So a lot of those less. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, who fucking even cares? I don't know. It's funny. 
But dude, this is <laughs> oh man, this this album is crazy good. Like this is uh, when I heard this at the end because we saw Wedding Crashers in theaters, and when this song played yeah, at the end of Wedding Crashers, I was like, holy shit! Like I fucking love this album, and and I had forgotten about it for a while. But then every time we watch Wedding Crashers, I, it's, it reminds me. So I end up listening to the album on Spotify through and through because through and through it's a fantastic album, and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because the lead singer his name's John Sampson. He was he was the bass player and kind of like sang backup vocals for Propagandi. Oh, and then after Propagandi's second album, he left that band and then formed the Weaker Thans. And Propagandi is like very, I mean, just as the name kind of suggests, it's you, you can imagine Propagandi is punk and it's very yeah. political and it's very, it's very hard. It's very, you know, politically driven. Yeah. Music. And they're very influential too within the scene. And, and one of the and, more influential ones. And to think this guy played bass and then leaves that band and then plays lead guitar and sings in his own band. And the weaker thins are like the complete opposite of propaganda. Yeah. They Very are different. They are. I mean, they, they, dude, this band flirts so much with the line that like blurs sappy emo with just like good, wholesome indie rock. And mm. actually I, I was, I was like, as I was just going through some research this week, I, I somebody had wrote something about it and said that, that the weaker thins remind them of that super comfy pair of slippers you put on when you come home for work. And I thought like, that's, that's it, man. That is 100% true. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> like you have that, you have that deep, you, but you, I mean, I don't know if you wear, I, I, I wear slippers over here. I don't get stung by fucking scorpions, but, <laughs> but there's nothing like you, you get home, you get your ritual, you get home. I mean, I'm sure you have a ritual too. When you get home, there's certain things you do when you get home, yeah, of course. a comfy pair of slippers is, is sometimes part of that ritual, but whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, that's part of your ritual that truly makes you feel comfortable. That's what the weaker thans are. It's just very wholesome, makes you feel good. Not a lot of thinking involved. Everything is really mm-hmm. catchy and uh, it's, it's just, it's just good, man. It's just really, really good. Okay. Uh, we're, we're going to, do one of their album or this album, right? Eventually, yeah. On the pod. At at some point, the album is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Yeah, so that's 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 it that I picked up at the record show. Um, that leads me to my my pick of the week. Oh, my, here we go. My pick of the week is from a group called Mark Almond, mm-hmm. and uh, the song I chose is called "The City." And then it's 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 essentially three different songs or. Yeah, three different songs thrown into one. It's called The City, mm-hmm. and then the first part is Grass and Concrete, second part is Taxi to Brooklyn, and the third part is Speakeasy, It's a Whiskey Scene. And this is something that was in one of the lots that we bought, and it looked interesting, and I never heard of it before. And so, dude, just randomly, I, I, I put it on Spotify as I was flipping through, and I was like, oh, this kind of sounds cool. It's got like a very folky style to it. I didn't hear this song. It was a different song. I said, oh, it's got kind of like a cool folky style. It's very acoustic driven. It's very soft. I like this style of music. I'll, I'll keep it. And mm-hmm. so this is this song is from their first album, 1970, self-titled. And I was, uh, I mean, like the first, the first, the, the most of the first part of this song is very similar. It's 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 got like a like a weird kind of cool like bossa nova jazzy vibe to it. And I didn't. I didn't really do any research in this band, so I didn't really know what to think. And this band sounds fucking boring. Mark Almond, that sounds boring as <laughs> shit. Know. All of their all of their covers. I kept three of their albums. All of their covers look really boring. Like nothing about this band really stands out whatsoever. On Discogs, they go for like four dollars each, 
And so I had like zero expectations for this band. I thought this band was just going to be maybe good, like at best. But yeah, I don't want to say like I was blown away, but I was very, very impressed about or how they blended so many genres into a lot of their music. And and this song that I chose is like 10 minutes long. And like I said, it's, 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 it's got this really cool, like bossa nova vibe to it. And these guys do a lot of very jazz focused stuff, but they throw mm-hmm. in a lot of folk rock in there. And it's, it's all, it's all like soft and, and acoustic and it's just really, it's really bizarre. I, I've never really heard it's anything unique, kind definitely. of quite like this. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was pleasantly surprised with this one too. I'm surprised you kept all three of them. I, I'm I gonna get, wonder, like, I'm gonna get rid of what? one of them, but I'm, I'm I'm only gonna really really keep two. But I, I did get rid of one of them. Okay, so um, so let's play a little bit of uh, the city from uh, Mark Almond. Here we go. you go the city from mark almond that's good man i love it i love Did it you <laughs> yeah the only the only part i don't like is how loud that saxophone is that's it's, um it it's way too loud that's because but, so like this band this band is is john mark and john almond form formed together to create mark almond so lame it's so lame <laughs> it's really dumb that is really dumb <laughs> and they follow the same first name too it's so <laughs> oh, god it's so plain old people vanilla but it really is. <laughs> but but John John Allman is the one that plays the sax. So like obviously that's why it's so loud. But no, you're right. Oh, like that like gets really loud. It's definitely loud. Um, but some of their stuff's like hit or miss, man. Like this song, I thought was an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. But then some other tracks on this album, I thought were like, okay, that's that's okay. Like if I heard this one, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep this album. But then like other stuff would come along, and I'm like, holy shit, that's really good. And this this band's just like really really hit or miss, and they're also kind of famous because, I guess Danny Richmond, he's uh, mm-hmm. he was longtime drummer for Charles Mingus, like okay a bunch like most of his discography, most of his songs, 
he played drums for Charles Mingus. He ended up playing drums for um, Mark Almond. And so their second album features a lot of like percussion and stuff. And it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's better it's, than this. I, I don't know if it's better than this. Like this is just, this is like a one-off weird thing, man. It, it just, it goes places that I didn't expect it to go to. And like the last two minutes of it are just very fast paced and, and crazy. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, man. I'm super, I'm super interested in this group, and I'm probably gonna listen to more of their stuff. But they're just not very popular. Yeah, I'd never heard of them. I never heard of them either. Never I, ever heard of them. I, I honestly, I pulled it out because I thought that the cover looked so dumb and so boring <laughs> and so dull that there's got to be something on here. <laughs> and that's what that's what drew you, the, yeah. the mundane, the most mundane thing you could find. You know, because you know, you spend so much time on covers, and people like hook up with you know, like Pink Floyd. Dude. They spend so much energy on covers, and like there's entire corporations like Hypnosis are, are dedicated to just doing really iconic covers. But then Mark Allman comes out, and first of all, their name sucks, and their covers <laughs> suck even worse. I'm just like, dude, there's like, these guys have got to be so confident in their music that they put out something like this. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, look at that. But you found something cool, so that's all that matters in the end. Yeah. Regardless of how lame it is. Exactly. All right. Uh, so you got anything else when it comes to vinyl? No, that's it for this week. That's it? Okay. I'll go through mine quick because I didn't... I just, I honestly just had no time this week uh, to do much of anything. Um, so I got four here. Uh, all or One of these, this first one I got from Glasshouse. And uh, this, this is a guy, uh, a rapper... It goes by the name of Creep Dog. Uh, I picked this one up because it was, it was cheap. Cheap hip-hop. That's kind of our rule. If it's a full-length hip-hop record and it's cheap, we pick it up. Yeah. That's what I did. So uh, this one is called It's a Diggy Dog World. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, it lo- the cover is so stupid and bad. The title is so dumb. It's, uh, it's apparently his first album. came out in 1993. Uh, he's from Miami. Uh, so it's the, it's, that, it's the Florida hip-hop, that Miami-style hip-hop. Uh, it, it on the cover it says like it's very bass heavy and this and that, and it, it wasn't kidding. Like it is very low, deep bass sounding, and it's very it's like fast upbeat hip hop. Uh, I thought it was great. It was really fun. I had a blast listening to it. The only thing is, there's nothing about this guy anywhere. So this album I got, I can't find it anywhere to stream. It's not Spotify, Apple Music. It's not on YouTube. It's nowhere. It's been like wiped clean except for Discogs. I have only really able to find anything on this record because of Discogs. So it's just nowhere. Um, And it's super weird. So he came out with four records. He was only active between 93 and 98. And he just, like I said, I couldn't find any information on the guy. His real name is Edward Lopez, apparently, (laughs) according to Discogs. And uh, yeah, there's just nothing on this dude. So yeah, I have no idea. But this is a solid record. Got it for five bucks. Well worth it uh, for the cheesiness of it all too. It's it's great. That's cool. So, is, is it is it anything like 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 the electronic driven Gigolo Tony stuff? It's it's yeah. It is more electronic driven, but it's faster. Ooh. It's faster faster uh, tempo, but he doesn't like do any crazy rapping or anything like that. And it is very bass heavy, but so it it does sound really good. And the 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 few comments I found about it about this guy in general have like praised him for I guess because being like one of the better artists to come out of that scene and kind of a shame that he never blew up like some of the other ones did 
So yeah, the, but yeah, there's there's nothing on this guy, almost literally nothing on this record. So because I wanted to do one of his songs uh, as my song of the week, but I just couldn't find anything. Damn, just nothing. It's so it's bizarre. Lost in the sands of time. That sucks. Seriously, but it, it, there's a few copies on Discogs you can buy, and it was only ever pressed once, um, according to Discogs. Only pressed once, and on CD and cassette as well. So yeah, the, it's it's crazy, crazy shit. So. Uh, so yeah, I got that one. Uh, the next three are all from the same band. I picked these three up from Double Nickels when I was out with you um, out in Arizona. And the first one here is The Beatles. Uh, their album Help, fifth album, came out in 65. Uh, it's also a soundtrack to the movie Help. Uh, it ha- also has the song, if you don't know, it has the song Yesterday, which I didn't know is actually the most covered song of all time, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, the album has like perfect rankings. I mean, perfect ratings. It, it people love this one, and I agree, it's good. But it's definitely not like their best or the best. But people it's, just, it's a people really just like pop Beatles. People like just the pop aspect of the Beatles. All that yeah. shit gets like perfect scores. True. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It is very good, very very good. But I mean, the stuff on Rubber Soul, Sgt. Pepper's, and Revolver blow this out of the water through and through. Uh, so yeah, I got that one because I'm kind of on my uh, my Beatles thing where I'm just trying to get all their records. That's just to to finish off my collection. So yeah, I got that one. I uh, also got their uh, Magical Mystery Tour record. Uh, this one I did, actually didn't know until this week either, but this is actually it's technically two EPs. Um, but in the, okay, so in the UK they released it as two different EPs, and then the original US release uh, they combined it as one LP because I guess they could sell more. Uh, so yeah, so I got that one and this one, it was also a soundtrack to a, a TV movie they did back in 1967 and yeah, it was apparently the, the, the TV movie was terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible, but this, uh, this record is highly regarded by the band or by the band and by, uh, fans. So it's pretty cool. It's like, um, it takes like the more psychedelic stuff from Sgt. Pepper's and expands on it like tenfold. There's a lot of weird psychedelic stuff on this record, way more than Sgt. Pepper. So maybe that's why I didn't get as much commercial attention because of that. But it's, it's, a, it's a solid record, and it kind of reminded me of um, a little bit of the, uh, the Rolling Stones album, the Majesty's Secret Service, whatever that, that stupid record's called. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminded me of that only because it's super psychedelic like that, and it's very unfocused. And this record is... It's all over the place. There's nothing super cohesive about it, minus a few songs here and there, and that's kind of how I felt about the Rolling Stones record. So it, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that, and it was made right after Sgt. Pepper's. So it, it makes perfect sense. And they were strung out on... Or they, they were doing so much LSD at the time, and yeah, just reading more about it. it the Beatles have an interesting, very short history. It's pretty interesting stuff. So Is that when they, they grew mustaches and dropped acid? <laughs> yeah, right before this, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last thing here is Abbey Road. I picked up Abbey Road from the Beatles. Uh, and this also leads into my song of the week. And uh, yeah, this is this is their 11th record. came out in 1969. Uh, I mean, everybody knows this cover. It's probably one of the most famous covers of all time outside of maybe like Dark Side. No, I think, you know, I think Abbey Road might uh, be the... I mean, I, th- I, I, I think it's top three for sure. Yeah, it might be the, I, I don't know. Maybe even top two. I, I think like Dark Side in this one. I, don't, I mean, I don't it's know. It's so iconic. 
But yeah, no, I picked it up, and I mean, Abbey Road is a good, it's a good solid output, and I, it's not my favorite at all, but it's it has some really great parts, really great moments on it, and really more about it. Like the the guys in the band pretty much hated each other, and they, um, they this is the last time that they actually were in the studio to, all together, all four of them at the same time. After this, it was just very sporadic for their last record for uh, Let It Be, but. Yeah, this is uh it's a good one. And then reading more about it too fucking makes me hate John Lennon even more. I just just reading him yeah. and Yoko Ono's relationship just oh it's so <laughs> <sighs> like cause she was so involved with their recordings around this time and it just it's so it was just so obnoxious and then apparently right before they started recording, uh him and Yoko got in a got in a car accident and she was bedridden and so what he did was because she she wanted to be in the studio to see everything, so oh he actually had a he had a bed installed in the studio so she could oversee the recording of this. Dude, record. what a weirdo! Get out of here, dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, I understand. Like you, you you'll miss your wife because you're working and and all that. But dude, at what cost? I mean, dude, I just yeah, it's so no, bizarre, dude. The, their relationship was just so so strange. <laughs> she, I don't know. I I didn't like it at all. Um, but yeah, so my, my song of the week comes from this and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I want you, she's so heavy. This was actually a Lennon song about Yoko Ono, which I didn't really know until after I read all the bad stuff, but it's a cool song. It's very blues rock. So here it is. I want you from the Beatles. There you go from the Beatles. <laughs> what do you think of this one? I uh, I liked it. I thought it was cool. It had a, like like some parts like the beginning and had some like cool House of the Rising Sun type vibes to it. Very mm-hmm. very like psychedelic blues stuff and and it was cool. It's like one hundred percent not what I expected it to sound like. <laughs> I will say, not the entire record sounds like this. This record is pretty I varied. Because pretty varied. I left my Spotify on, and the next song, <laughs> whatever it was, I was like, what the fuck is this? 
Yeah, it's Here Comes the Sun. <laughs> like one of the oh, dude, that song's so... Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that song's stupid. Yeah, that, that song That song is... I don't really like that song. But uh, but no, th- this one, um, I Want You, this one, End Side A, it's like the, it's the long, one of the longest songs they've ever recorded. And it kind of like... Because it's such like a droning song. And then like halfway through, Lennon had, was playing with like um, some synthesizer or something weird like that or like a white noise maker but he like ran it through like some weird effects so it made like a wind sound and mm. you hear that kind of building in the song and it kind of ends that way and then that ends side a and then side b starts with here comes the sun which is just such a completely different song and style from that from you know i want you it's good stuff though it was it was it was good i mean listening to it i thought maybe i should like listen to this album more and then honestly, the, <laughs> the next song came on, and I was I was immediately put off. <laughs> I mean, here comes the sun is the worst song on this record, but there are some really good stuff. There's some really good stuff on here, but it's definitely not their best record, that's for sure. But okay. I mean, well, we're we're eventually gonna do a Beatles record. We're gonna do Rubber Soul at some point, so you're gonna have to listen to all all twelve records. Woo, that's the way she goes. Well, that'll be a doozy. Way she goes. <laughs> So yeah, that's my pick. Uh, I want you from the Beatles uh, from their album Abbey Road. So, uh, you got anything else? I'm done with my vinyl. Do you got anything? No, nope. That's uh, nope. that's it. That's all, folks. Okay, so we're done with the vinyl stuff. Uh, we're just gonna get into some new music and then some some things happen in the music world because things are opening up, shows are starting. It's good stuff. It's it's exciting stuff. So, uh, the first thing we have here uh, album releases. So. Technically, none of these records are brand, are new, but it's the first time they've ever been put on streaming services, and that's Omar Rodriguez Lopez. His uh, pretty much the rest of his solo discography, so about fifty records, uh, <laughs> were all put up on online. Uh, so did all the de facto stuff, the uh, and some some other uh, some other some of his other things as well. So it's all there for people to listen because and there's some like amazing stuff uh, when it comes to his solo records. Some really great records. And uh, I, I even shit I know that you would like, but you're just so stubborn that you won't listen to them. I listened to his acoustic thing the other day. Oh, what'd you think of that? I thought it was good. It was, I, I mean, that was the one where zero equals two comes from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say like it's like an acoustic album. It was more like an ambient acoustic album, but. Yeah, but it's mostly acoustic. Uh, like, I mean, Sloan liked it a lot. Because he was like, this is like ambient stuff, and this is like good. And we're like, oh, God. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was like cool. It was fine. Okay. Like, I wouldn't right. say it was like great. And, I mean, I never heard anything by him that I thought was bad. But there's been very, very little that I heard that really blew my mind. Okay. All right. I mean, one day that'll change. It, something will click in your mind, and you'll realize, wow, dude, he has a lot of good stuff. I'm going to be obsessed and buy all the vinyl. Um, but that acoustic record, it's one of my holy grails and it goes for so much money. It goes for over 300 bucks. So fingers crossed, Clouds Hill put that, they reissue that on vinyl and I can get it for a decent price. And yeah, cause I really want that. I really want that acoustic record. It's so, I, I don't it. fucking know why, but okay. What do you mean you don't know why you wouldn't get that on vinyl? I would honestly like if it was like used, if I could get it for maybe like eighteen bucks, I'd probably pick it up. That's That's I don't know, man. Even then, it just there was nothing to it. Okay, I mean, okay, I, I can't win them all, I guess. 
but but it is cool that they did put up the, all the de facto stuff except for one of the EPs they didn't put up one EP but the three albums they're all up on Spotify Apple Music all that good stuff so there you go get into that get into that um, then some new songs Green Day they put out a new one called Pollyanna I mean this one's good it's not bad but it doesn't it doesn't really it's okay it's it, good it had been like a week almost since since we put this up there and I listened to it again today and I yeah. still can't even remember what it sounds like I, I know I, I fucking <laughs> no idea I can't remember the melody I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah it's it's very unforgettable but it's not bad it doesn't sound bad like their last four or five records have been like it wasn't American bad movie. it was it was I don't know it was just unnecessary and dumb yeah kind of plain old people kind of plain yeah. old people uh, and then the next one, Angels and Airwaves. They put out a new song, a new single uh, for the new record called Dreamland. Uh, the song is called Euphoria. And uh, I'll just play it because why the hell not? Here we go. Angels and Airwaves. you go a little bit of the song euphoria from angels and airwaves what'd you think of it huh i mean the first time i listened to it i was kind of just like you know this 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 is not bad it's not great it's, it's whatever's i listened mm-hmm. a couple more times throughout the week and it, it definitely gets better it's definitely starting to wear on me but then i don't know if it's it's because i just want tom or if it's a really a good song i'm still i still don't know it's a very unusual song with those big heavy riffs and then him singing very high like there's no way he's going to be able to pull that off live oh i mean extremely high he'll go lower or he'll put the mic in the (laughs) audience and make them do it i know oh god (laughs) it's good though it's very uh it's definitely different from their other records and what they even the last two singles that they put out this or three singles i should say um, yeah, this one's. This just sounds very different, and I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for for new Angels and Airwaves. I'm excited for new Tom DeLonge. 
because we're super fans over here at Asinine Radio. Including well, you. I, don't, I don't know about we, but I'll you probably definitely pre-order too. this because I've slept so much on all these releases and they go for crazy money. So now at least I can get my money back. So you're actually, so you're actually going to buy this vinyl. I'm so proud of you. Because so like no matter what, I can at least get my money back from it. I can at least like True. scalp no, it right. and, and, and break even. So I'm not not too worried about it. Okay. I mean, you'll like it though. You'll end up keeping. I know for a fact you're not going to get rid of it. You don't fucking no tell way. me what I know. There's no way you're going to get rid of this. <laughs> There's no way. No fucking way. You'll you'll feel too bad. You'll feel too bad about doing it. Because you know that once you get rid of it, you probably won't be able to find it again, and that's gonna be that's gonna really bother you. Uh, but like that, that that mindset alone. I mean, you're probably 100 percent true. But that mindset, <laughs> oh, that irritates me so much. But you're probably you're probably right. <laughs> because it's gonna be a good record. Uh, based on based on uh, this song and then the other two songs that are gonna be on the record, they're all three are good. Especially Kiss and Tell. That song is solid. You know that one is. Yeah, that's probably one of the song. best songs he's come out with in like ten years, in over ten years. I, th- that's probably the best song that he's ever done on his own, besides Wooden Tell and some of the stuff from the demos, Odds and Ends. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. It's a great fucking song. So okay, all right. Uh, I convinced you to keep it, even though you haven't bought it yet. <laughs> I mean, got it yet? <laughs> uh, so the the last thing we have here is a band called The Crew. And the song is One Voice. Uh, th- this is uh, uh, Tim Armstrong, right? Yeah, this is Tim Armstrong, Fletcher from Pennywise. And then I think uh, Mike Muir, Muir from Suicidal. Suicidal. Oh, so there's two vocalists on this one. Yeah. I think huh. there's someone else, too. I think the bass player from, from um, Rancid is on there, too. Interesting. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked it, but I, Man, I definitely you know, picked out Tim's voice. Okay, so all right, all right, here we go. All here right, we go. What? I like this song. I think it's really good, but this is so fucking cheesy, man. This is like, this is, this is like a a, a super group that's coming together and then f- putting together a formula as to what works in this community. And yeah, this mm-hmm. song is catchy, and yeah, this song is fun, and yeah, it's good. But man, this is so like. This is so. This is so like twenty first century breakdown Green Day as opposed to like Insomnia Green Day. That's what. That's what this is. This. It's. <laughs> I do like this song though. I do like it, but I feel dumb for liking it because it's so cheesy. It's so stereotypical. It's so derivative of every one of these bands. I so like I, did, I didn't want to say it. that. I didn't want to say that. Okay, I get it, but it's still good. It's, it's still good. Derivative, but good. It's not like uh, like the craziness of Greta Van Fleet and Zeppelin. No, it's just good. I, it's damn near close to that though, but it's not quite that. <laughs> no, pathetic. it's not. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> fucking guy. Okay, so that, that's all we got for new music. Uh, we'll get through this next part. I'm sure, kind of quick. Uh, the the lineup for Riot Fest in Chicago, Illinois, has been released. This is happening in September sixteenth uh, through ninth through the nineteenth. No, no, seventeenth through the nineteenth. I don't know why it says September sixteenth as well. But um, yeah, 17th through the 19th and the uh, the big headliners. So for Friday night, Smashing Pumpkins. Saturday night, Run the Jewels. And Sunday night is Nine Inch Nails. And there's a ton of bands, a lot of really good bands. This would be a blast to go to. Be a lot of fun. What yeah, think? I, I think like Saturday would be the day that I would want to go. Hmm, okay, like, I can see. Yeah, there's some good bands on that that day. 
I think like logistically it would be the easiest and then there's enough there that I really want to see. But it's also mm-hmm. inter- interesting to note that Lollapalooza is also happening in Chicago July 29th to August 1st. Oh, like okay. Chica- what, what the fuck is going on with Chicago? Why are they getting like every all the huge festivals Maybe now? That's irritating. Easier on taxes? I don't know. Could be that. Oh, way. yeah. I'm sure Chicago is very easy on taxes. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. It is really strange. Maybe it, yeah. must just because the, it must be just because of the name, honestly, because the Riot Fest has been around for so long and it, it's always had really good lineups. So, I mean, is this, is this something like you're interested in going to? No, I'm not going to. I'm not oh, going to spend okay. money to travel to Illinois. I mean, I have family there, actually. I could technically stay there for free, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, because if if it's something like like you're interested, we could we could maybe go to this. But even like no, Saturday no. for me, that I would there's a lot of bands like the Bronx are playing Saturday. Yeah, I know. So I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking at it like more thoroughly right now, and that would be out of all three days, that's the one I'd want to go to the most. Yeah, definitely, but, that's the one. But I mean, just, I don't know, man. Like traveling now is just not fun anymore. Yeah, especially like driving what probably 22 hours to get to Chicago. Or flying to Chicago, finding ways to get to where we need to be. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of a nightmare. But if we were yeah. twenty one, twenty two, fuck, we would have done this in a heartbeat. Yeah, we'd be gone three days, and you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was looking at this too, and Josh Freeze is playing two different days on this. Damn, that guy's cool. man. That guy just yeah. probably makes so much money for just. I know. Being like a nobody, kind of, and it's yep. amazing. <laughs> he's playing with Sublime on Friday, and then he's playing with Devo on Sunday. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty mm. cool. And then he's playing with his old band, Nine Inch Nails, that same day. Well, he's not playing with them, but he's you know, he's playing the same day as Nine Inch Nails, which is interesting. Yeah. He'll be back stage hanging out. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. With uh, with the lawn from Angels and Airwaves. He'll be there, too. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, so I, I fucking Fat Mike posted about this, I think, yesterday or two days ago, and he made a comment uh, that... He wishes that the Smashing Pumpkins would trade nights with uh, Nine Inch Nails, because he hates pretty much because he he hates Smashing Pumpkins and he hates Billy Corgan. Yeah. Wait, so he that. wishes. So he wants he, to go on Friday. He he wants he wants oh, the I see. to I switch because he can't he, stand the Smashing Pumpkins. What a whiner! So, Get out of here! I know, right? You're not <laughs> punk anymore, dude. Like you, you're clearly a sellout, dude. Get out of here! The, but Fat Mike is a butthole. This guy complaining about Billy Corgan probably because of his ego. And we all know Fat Mike has a huge fucking ego as well. It's like, yeah, it's huge ego against huge ego. Yeah, the fucking guy. Do you know effects is almost like the Sam Adams of, of like the punk world. <laughs> like Sam Adams is still kind of craft, right? We still call him craft. No effects is, you know, it's still kind of punk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're flirting that line though. There, Fat Mike. And that's really, he really is. It's obnoxious. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm full on the bandwagon of not, of not liking Fat Mike and calling No Effects <laughs> a pop punk band for the past ten years. I mean, I love No Effects. Don't get me wrong; they've, they've done a lot of great stuff. But yeah. Fat Mike is kind of dumb. They write I mean, like got, twenty songs over and over. You know, they're the yeah. Bob Dylan of the punk world. They're yeah, good, but they're better than Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's for sure. No, that, that's not true. But well, no, it totally good. is true. Absolutely, absolutely is true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got anything else on Riot Fest? Nah. Okay, uh, the next one, which I'm probably going to go to, is Corn uh, oh are doing a, a fall tour. They're hitting up uh, California, I think in November, October. I think it's November. Uh, Stained is opening up for them, so I don't give two shits about that. 
but yeah, def- I really, really want to go to this one. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this one. So I just haven't bought tickets yet, but they're like 50 bucks. Man, I'll tell is- you, dude, you could, you could throw almost anybody <laughs> other than staying there and I'd be, I'd be a little bit more on board. Would you really? Holy yeah, shit. I don't even do, just name any other crappy band from this era. I'd spent like stained. <laughs> what yeah, are you it, doing? I know. And people are complaining because they were supposed to tour with Faith No More right before the COVID. And people are I keep asking like what happened with that tour? Like that was the big one. That one was gonna be huge. And they haven't they haven't replied to any to any speculation on that as to what happened with that tour. Because I, know, I mean pl- that one would be way better. They're playing they're playing Phoenix. In September, oh, is that are they? Yeah, okay. so I, you know, if you come to Phoenix, I'll, I'll I'll go with you. But tickets are like fifty bucks. You come to Phoenix, I'll go with you. Just saying, Oof. throwing it I out there. I am tempted. <laughs> Dude, corn is so good. Well, on such a good show. Come on, you've seen corn like four the times. They're playing on a seen Tuesday. Like four times. Are they really? Oh. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Huh? Maybe tickets might be cheaper then. It's on yeah, a Tuesday. Yeah. Tony, you come to Phoenix? I'll see him with you. I'll think about it. I'll I mean, you can go do something else during Stained. <laughs> go have a bunch of beers. Uh, okay, so there's that. Uh, and then the last thing here, it's not, well, it's not really news, but Wooden Toe, We Don't Need to Whisper from Angels and Airwaves, turned 15 year, years old yesterday. And uh, I couldn't believe it, 15 fucking years when, since that album came out. Like, that was so, so influential that was there's so much a part of our lives back then yeah it's crazy 15 fucking years i i'm blown away by that that's i mean i i i couldn't either i thought no way it can't be 15 years old because i guess now we're getting into the old guy territory and so i thought like no way that's 15 years old but then i thought like dude that was like when we were practicing the adventure like in our first band with mike grant in his garage and then i thought how young we were back then yeah like damn yeah that was 15 years ago yeah, and we then, were 18, 19 years old. <laughs> and then like listening to to the to the version where Tom hits those <gasps> oh, even so worse funny. than he does on on the on the album and and I was yeah. like, "Damn, like that okay, that album is 15 years old. Holy shit." Yeah. And you're right. Like that that album is just highly influential in our early development of like musicians and people in general. Like even like non music friends of ours like a lot of those songs. Exactly. Yeah, you're totally right. There's some really standout songs on there. I, I, I love that record. Love it to death. Perfect three out of three. It's okay. Um, now shut the fuck up. You're just <laughs> mad that you, that, you, that you missed out on the vinyl. That's what you're yeah, upset about. Yeah, stupid. And that's why I bring it with me every time I come out to Arizona. It looks so good, too. It looks rad. I listened to it yesterday. I, I did, and it was, I love it. But, and then, and I was thinking more like, I was thinking about, too, that we, we went to their first two shows ever. Ever. Their first two shows. The Glass House, my favorite venue. And then at Chain Reaction the next night. Yeah. So, and and I, I looked up the actual dates to when those were, and that was April 12th and 13th. April 12th and 13th were those two first shows. So, Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Pretty that's, sick. Dude, like, like, like the Glass House, I, I agree. I think, I think that's, that's probably my favorite venue. But that Chain Reaction show was something else. Like that was... That was. That was like yep. an intimacy that, that was just, plus we were just like over the moon with Tom at that point too. And that was, it was just, it was just something else that, that was almost, almost on the same level as the plus 44 show. Oh, it totally was. 
And, it's, and, that, and that chain reaction show was also a surprise show. They, they announced it, I think, the day before. So the, the day of the Glasshouse show, they announced that they're doing a, one at Chain, and we picked up tickets so fast for that one because we had to go. We had to, had go, to go, and we did. And that was when we met Ryan Sin, the bass player. We had the yeah. goofy fucking pictures with him, too. Yeah. I should find those and post those. Cause it, Nobody it was else so was even like talking to him or, or knew who he was, no. too, either on the parking lot. No, and well, he was the only band member that came out, and like yeah. even came out to he just came out to smoke a cigarette, and we were the only ones that went up to him. And I mean, it was cool. It was super cool. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what we said to him. Like, I imagine, I like, like, so where's Tom? Is Tom coming out? Do you know Tom? How is he? No, I I do remember we we tried to not talk about Tom, but we did bring him up. We're like, oh, hey, are any of the other guys coming back out? And he's like, no, oh, they they all they all went out the back and 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 left. Like, oh, okay, that sucks, but it's cool meeting you. See ya. <laughs> but it, no, but we did we did hang out with him for I think at least five or ten minutes. We did hang out with him for a while. But that was cool. That was super cool. Yeah, those that was th- those were some rad shows. Yeah, super cool. I'm, I'm gonna find those after we pod. I'm gonna post those on on our Instagram because why the fuck not? Yeah. Because we, we're goofy little fucking nineteen year olds, and I don't know. It was dumb. It was dumb. So we just, went, we just went to a lot of fucking shows, met a yeah. lot of people. Yep, we did. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fucking fun. So, uh, you got anything else on the pod, or what? No, no, that's it. That's it. That's all. Okay. Well, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the main episodes because we're getting into the Queen album, A Night at the Opera, and then we're ranking their first seven records. So all the stuff from the seventies. So. Get into that. And that's it. That's all. Good, good, good.